0: In the shadow of the most powerful city in the world, the Capital Golf Gang is on the air with instructor John Ronis from the Ronis Academy at River Creek, executive director of the Middle Atlantic PGA, John Gould, and former University of Maryland golfer, Ron Thomas. And now your host from Afternoon Drive on the Team 980 Radio in Washington, D.C., Steve Zabin.
1: We are in the Mobile Strike studio this week. We had a couple of weeks off, but we're back in action. Ron Thomas is off this week. He's in Indy for the Indy 500. Of course, he's found a way to sneak in. There's no fans allowed this year, but Ron has found a way in. John Gould is busy in the meat of the Middle Atlantic section, catching up from all the time lost in the spring. But John Rodas is here, as always. And, Johnny, you've brought with us a special guest today care to introduce the man sitting to your left in the free hugs and candy van sure.
2: known as the mobile strikes <laughs> by Video. the way you're doing an unbelievable job with this place it looks awesome
1: we're stepping it up a little bit here we're getting there we're getting I there i
2: have brought a friend of mine he's been a friend of mine for a while now um a native of long island new york his name is terry riley and terry is with uh, wasserman who um, has many divisions in their company and he is one of the executives in the golf division in other words he's a golf agent
1: he's a golf agent he is yeah. jerry Maguire for golf terry thanks for stepping in the van how are you today
3: doing well folks
1: you uh, know you you know you've been the hardest get for this show uh, it's like literally john has yeah. said no more than a dozen at least a dozen times i'm gonna get terry this week yeah. i can't do it Oh, he's out on the road. He's he's with his clients.
3: You're a busy man. Well, we all are running in ten directions nowadays, and yeah, I, our intention has been to get on the show over the past year or so. And uh, that's fortunately- good. To,
1: good to finally have you here. I think a lot of people are going to be curious. So, what does a golf agent do? Because you're not well, you're not negotiating contracts for salary. Because they're right. all they're all independent contractors, but you probably are negotiating deals for balls, bags, shoes, naked lady tees, the whole deal, right? Yes, essentially, yeah. Okay,
3: we, we we handle a lot of the endorsement and sponsorship. Um, everything outside of the ropes at a golf course, we are trying to be managing for the players. Um, endorsement opportunities, social and digital uh, engagements, um, any types of. Uh, corporate outings of of natures that right. a lot of the sponsors are involved in. We handle the logistics for them and uh, try and create opportunities for our golfers.
1: How did you get into it?
3: Interestingly enough, I, uh, I had graduated from William & Mary and worked for a, a mergers and acquisitions consulting firm in D.C. for three years. And one of my executives at that company was neighbors with John Mascatello's brother, and tangentially, we... John Who's Mas- John Mascatello? John is one of my partners of 30 years. Okay. He founded a company called Cambridge Sports with okay. my other partner, Bud Martin.
1: Um, Which is an agency, right? Yes. Okay. We
3: were we established Cambridge Sports back in the late 80s. Uh, and that was a byproduct of the old ProServe company. It was, oh, it was yeah. essentially the ProServe. golf division of ProServe. Right. Uh, John and Bud started Cambridge. They brought me on a year later um, through some mutual friends. And uh, I was in charge of recruiting and just corporate selling, etc. And uh, over time, we, we ended up joining forces with a company called SFX Entertainment. We then came back. And Never mind that camera falling from the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new vehicle, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, um,
1: so yeah, so you, you you did all that. Are you what are you by trade? Are you a lawyer by trade? Are you an accountant by trade? No, what would you study? I was,
3: I was an economics major okay. at William & Mary. Um, I had a significant business background through the M&A work that I did and a lot of corporate marketing. So, And I had a golf background. I okay. played some competitive golf through the years and um, understood the game. So... As a result, it seemed like a natural fit, and it's been you know a great run ever since. Right,
1: you've represented uh, John Daly in the past. Uh, JB Holmes is one of your current clients, as Luke List is, uh, Brian Gay, uh, Brett Wetterick, f- former Ryder Cupper once upon a time. Yeah. So that's a nice stable right there.
3: Yeah, and
2: their their organization also represents people like Jason Day and Ricky Fowler, and you know some other very large names there. So they've they've made quite a mark in the in the agency aspect of of the business
1: i'm going to imagine mr ronis that uh, terry has a few stories
2: yeah i don't know what he's allowed to tell us
1: on the air a few stories of life on the tour right
2: yeah so that's what i that's what i wanted to kind of do terry is like i'm jb holmes i wake up in the morning it's uh wednesday let's say it's tuesday of a tournament week how is how is his life run by you not now with this COVID nonsense, but Pre, in the past. Typical week.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think run by us is probably a strong term. You know, what we did Led was... yeah, by you. Yeah. What, we, what I and, and our team has, has done a good job of um, over the years is we've become managers of professional athletes. And what that means is we handle all of the logistics that go into travel, preparation, uh, hotel reservations, flight accommodations, travel itineraries overseas, endorsement obligations with sponsors, um, all of those things, you know, my goal is always to make it as seamless for my golfer when he arrives on a scene at a tournament. For instance, this week at Northern Trust, you know, player gets there on Monday, check into the hotel, Tuesday, they practice round. Tuesday, Tuesday night, they may have an obligation with one of their corporate sponsors for a a steak dinner mm-hmm. and a glass of wine. We set up the meet and greets, we have all the logistics laid out, the itineraries, the attendees, et cetera, the Q&A set up, and then Wednesday morning they'll play the pro am. We make sure everything is set for travel post tournament uh, for the following week and the obligations that are involved there. Um so it it's it's all these guys have to do is so worry that about, they can concentrate on playing golf. All they do is, you know, and and we have by far, the best service folks, you know, our, si- our client service managers in our business are phenomenal. Becky that's Butcher, great. Lori Miller, Marta, they, they're just the best. So they make, you know, they send out emails every day to each of the players. Yeah, that's what I was kind of getting
2: at. So I wake up in the morning and I get an email and I have a good idea of what my schedule or where I have to be at certain times that are mandatory and then other times I have on my own. Yeah.
3: And I mean there's day. no. You, you, literally my uh, a four-year-old could look at the email and say i know exactly what i have to do all i have to follow is the instructions which and, might be how easy that it has be to be pit- for the
2: tour players <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. i mean we know year <laughs> old boy right. know, better right. lower that for <laughs> some right. of these
3: guys
1: on tour that's right. show up hit golf ball go home that's yeah.
3: that's essentially what it is for the players i mean they, they've all commended us on the uh, on the work that that our our associates are doing every day so uh,
1: let's say a client emails you one of your players emails you like i brought my putter home to my to- hotel room this week i was putting i got up in the middle of the night i stepped on it broke the shaft i've got to get it fixed by 8 30 a.m are you on the case
3: yeah okay. yeah i mean essentially every week and, and john knows this out on the tour they have a it's it's a veritable circus of manufacturers right so for instance if one of your clients is a callaway staff player the callaway guy's Despite the COVID stuff, there's still people on place. The Callaway gang will be on top of that player for the week saying, hey, shaft's good, grip's good, everything. They don't introduce new clubs in big tournaments, but they will be there 24-7. In the event that there's a putter disaster, (laughs) I would get a call from one of my clients, and then I would call Johnny at Callaway and say, hey, Johnny, I got a problem. He's using a Toulon, blah, blah, blah. He knows exactly what this specific player is using and they'll have a replacement overnighted the next morning fedexed dropped in the locker room and yeah no way no, you go yeah and away you go
1: i would imagine one of the biggest potentially most lucrative but also perilous endorsements is clubs right yeah potentially where you got a guy who's doing good he just popped the top 20 in the in the money list and along comes, insert manufacturer here, Callaway, yeah. Titleist, TaylorMade. And they're ready to put a lot of money on your guy because they think your guy is up and coming. But your guy likes what he's playing right now. So what do you what do? you do? How do you navigate that? Like, hey, we could get you into some new clubs.
3: It's a lot of money, but you may hate them. Well, I think it's always the situation where if a player has attained a certain level of success, yeah. it's hard to ever leave that manufacturer because inevitably they've – Taking the ride with that player to the top right. of the mountain so they're more than more often than not willing to pay more to keep that player but i
1: have heard tales terry of certain manufacturers who have decided we're not paying that much anymore oh yeah for these no guys. that
3: happens that happens no doubt about it but i've always been a believer in, and i think i speak for our our crew we are what i would say are the best corporate marketers in in our business space okay my Personally, my goal is always to create a a world where my clients don't have to be reliant upon a manufacturer for their corporate endorsement money. Oh, really? I would rather them be able to pick out any clubs they want and have the corporate America support them Mm. with headwear, chest logos, sleeve logos, et cetera. And we have a, a great, great marketing team up in New York that is led by Mark Rakin who, you know, these guys are pounding the pavement every day for partners throughout the world. That are golf centric or have some sort of demographic tie to the golf audience.
1: I'm glad you mentioned logos. Is there a limit on the number of logos you will slap on one of your guys?
3: There, I mean, there's only certain number <laughs> of spaces. I'm not sure we ever say, "Hey, there's a limit. We're not going to do any more." All right, what I, are the
1: spaces? Left chest, right chest, right sleeve, left sleeve, back, back of the of neck.
3: Obviously, what else? Front of the At headwear, side, side of the, of the headwear. headwear.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. I mean It's you've like got- NASCAR now. That's <laughs> <An laughs> right. right. Back in the 70s, right. Johnny, it was one logo. Right hip pocket. Right. Back in yeah. the 70s, <laughs> it was an Amana hat, Yeah, right? Because yeah. Amana was paying pros. Manufacturer's Hanover, too. The Manny Hanny. <laughs> yeah, the Manny Hanny. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. you-, you got one space, and a lot of shirts were blank, as yeah. I look at old photos in the 70s. A pack yeah. of cigarettes in them, yeah. Now, if you've got the sponsors, bing, 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 how do you recruit <clears throat> new players the Wasserman Stable.
3: What's that process like? We've built up, I mean, obviously we've evolved over the years. You know, we built up, the, the, the whole game has changed. You know, what used to be go to college, scout a few college events, introduce yourself to certain college coaches and programs become friendly with and, you know, be a, generally a good person, respected in the community, et cetera. And, and you would always get meetings. Now it's it's drilled down to the literally the junior golf level because really? these young kids are so good now they're how, trained how
1: early do you start eyeballing a potential client 12
3: no not really i mean we've 14. set up we've set up a hierarchical world within our our division we have now a, a head graham shirley who who by the way is a, a new father of three days congrats um, yeah yeah graham runs our our recruiting efforts uh globally and and butler melnick who's one of my partners is also involved in that um related to steve melnick yeah steve's son oh, oh, Butler, nice wonderful golfer as well yeah played at the university of georgia um they they kind of oversee the recruiting efforts and then we all fill in sam mcnaughton brad Buffoni, john mescatello bud martin chris armstrong uh, chris castleberry you know we're all filling the gaps right. so to speak and we work in a pod system so that no one person is involved in too much stuff. So we're it's constantly a team effort, um, which is a tremendous asset for us, I think.
1: Because do you ever have to talk to one of your clients off the ledge, bad week, play, oh. play therapist, or do you have mm. one on staff? Uh, those,
2: those are, yeah, no, no, no. Terry's we, told me some stories about do those that? ones. <laughs> you do that he right? Yeah, he okay. definitely, some yeah. of them he cannot talk I'm, about here, but yeah
3: unfortunately some of them have to talk me off the ledge
2: (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) because you're like oh god what's going on
3: most of those conversations though ironically enough happened amongst my partners and i we all call each other and have to talk each other off the ledge it's it's, it's comical that's that's
1: great Um, so what today's tour player what do you think is one of the more what What is one of the more unrealized aspects of today's tour player or just maybe a big misconception
3: well, I, it's becoming less of a misconception over time, but the athleticism that you see out on the PGA Tour now—that just didn't exist. The all-round athleticism, impressive. That was it? probably not as existent twenty-five, thirty years ago. You know, you always had guys that were sneaky little athletes. Like, you know, I would hear through the grapevine, "Hey, you know, Billy Andrade was a great basketball player." Yeah, you know, Jeff Sluman. Yeah, this guy, <laughs> whatever. You know, and, and Scott Hoke has been a. Lifelong client of ours, and and I love Scott, and, you know, people didn't realize Scott, tremendous pool player, great ping pong player, just great hand-eye coordination, could shoot a basketball, you know, John Daly. I mean, I've spent spent many, many years traveling the world with John, great football kicker, 60-yard field goal in high school, Wow, barefoot.
1: Wow. Well, that's
3: how he
2: lives his life. Yeah, yeah. he also had no shirt on.
3: <laughs> but I I literally have watched him hit kick 60-yard field goals up at Nemacolin right. with Hootie and the Blowfish. I mean, wow. they lined up the tour buses, and he oh got in the parking God. lot barefoot and kicked it over, you know, seven tour buses. And I'm like, that's my gosh, right. that's a 64-yarder. Uh, you know, it was right out of the old days. But so getting back to the point, the, the athleticism out there, you know, you right. look at these young kids coming out of college now. If you look at their bios, they're all former basketball players in high school. They played. Terry Woodland they, played D one basketball. Yeah, briefly. Mm-hmm. To what D two? Yeah, maybe D two. Whatever. <laughs> College, <laughs> but he's a hell of an. A- he also yes. was a tremendous baseball player, from what I understand. He yeah, played. So was on Brooks the- Kepka, Just ask him. Yeah, bro, this game's easy. <laughs> yeah. I should have been a baseball so, player. You sure, losers! Really I'm out here easy. just to beat you guys. Yeah. By the way, who you guys won nothing?
1: Who? who uh, I mean, I don't. You're not going to talk up your competition, but. Is there an agency that has some of the biggest of names? Or if you're in that high, you know, orbit of the real big stars, are you like your own shop?
3: No, I mean, it it depends. I mean, I would argue that we have, you know, top to bottom, the best roster. I mean, we've got, you know, between Jason Day, Ricky Fowler... Tony Finau, Ch- Cameron Champ, Matt Wolf.
1: Oh, so Vic, those are all okay. Those are all, all Wasserman. See, I was asking about your guys, and you were just
2: giving me your specific his day to day guys, your day to day guys. But okay. the three of them, who who really control the division, right? Who who was bought? That's impressive. Basically That's bought by Wasserman. Names. Got it. Okay. That's their stable. All right. And yeah, as Terry I, said, it's a pod, so they're all. But, he okay. tells me what he has to do with Ricky and stuff like sure. that.
1: Tiger's in his own deal, though.
3: Right. Not, no, no. Tiger is managed by Mark Steinberg. I mean, they're a formidable opponent of ours. Um, who
1: else does does Steinberg have other clients? Oh yeah, oh, okay. Good, good ones. Okay. Uh, Justin Thomas. All right. Yeah. All yeah. right. Is there anyone out there who's a top player who doesn't have his own management agency? Not that I'm aware of. Nobody's yeah. booking their own trip. No, no one's
2: going on orbits no, like I everybody can, has somebody. I can save
1: some money. I'm just going to book an orbits flight here. No, no. They'd
2: <laughs> they they be crazy, and right? Not you know, Dustin Johnson. He doesn't handle all of his affairs. Oh, uh, no. Oh, uh,
1: no, uh, yeah, no. no. I got uh, got to get down to South Carolina tomorrow. Yeah, uh. right. How do
2: I get there? <laughs> you know, one, one of my...
3: Bud Martin, who's who's one of the, the founders of, of Cambridge, and, you know, obviously he's like family to me, he... Uh, he came up with a line a few weeks ago and it was, I thought it was great. And, and he's one of the best of all time in our business. He said that what we do is we take talented people and we make their lives better. We improve their lives in all aspects from a corporate endorsement and management of time and money and resources situation, really all the way to their personal life, you know, and, and, you know, we, without patting ourselves on the back, we I think we've done a tremendous job. We've created a family atmosphere in a business that is very, uncutthroat.
2: Yeah, I mean, and you know, yeah. for
3: John T- Mascatello, Bud Martin, and Terry Riley to be partners for thirty years, with Sam McNaughton and Brad Buffoni coming on board twenty years ago, it, it's unheard of, and it's we're something nice. we're, we're proud of.
1: All right, we're going to tease out a few stories from Terry here before we're done today, mm-hmm. and I want to hear about. Just great moments you've seen up close at some of the great venues in golf all around the world. Because you've been pretty much everywhere, right? Sure. Yeah. And then we're going to talk junior golf as well. You've got uh, one of your. Uh, if Terry starts telling stories, we may not have time for junior golf. <laughs> all right. We'll get to junior <laughs> golf. Uh, coming up, though, we'll play our patented Quick Nine, Nine Hypotheticals, and there is no advanced scouting book on the nine holes. Uh-huh. All right. So you're going to have to play them. As you see them, and they'll be right on the Jumbotron, nice. and, and we'll go from there. It is the Capital Golf Gang in the Mobile Strike Studio at the River Creek at, at John Ronas' own John Ronas Academy. Yeah, close enough. The Ronas Academy at River John Creek. John Golf Academy. We are literally almost on the tee box right now. It's perfect. I hope I don't leave any tire ruts. Don't worry about it. We're back with more right after this.
0: You're listening to the Capital Golf Gang, a foursome of men with tight pants, tighter wallets, and vanity handicaps.
1: All right, time to play a quick nine. Nine hypothetical questions, propositions, concepts, whatever you want to call them. And uh, we will roll them out and just go ahead and give your best answers as you think about them. And there's pace of play here, Terry, too, just to let you know. So right. got sometimes they got to be quick. But some holes we get in trouble. We, some holes we sometimes. dig in too deep and we're like, okay, we got to keep talking about sometimes, this. Sometimes, yeah. All right, here we go. Uh, hole number one. Your wife wants to play with you at a course, which you know is too hard for her based on skill level. How do you gently persuade her that maybe, honey, you should sit this one out? Johnny?
2: Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> this happens a little Does bit. Does Laura
1: play at it's all? A little
2: bit. A little bit. Okay. And, um, and you know what? I think the education process of letting them understand that there's a certain pace and there are other people on the golf course that they don't quite understand. That there's other people... Well, not
1: just pace, but are you going to have fun hitting the ball into water hazards left and right all day long?
2: No. So, yeah. you know what? I don't even know how to answer this question. You say you can't play. <laughs> no, that's a terrible answer.
1: <laughs> 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 wrong.
2: Terry, take uh,
3: you a know, step. I would, does your you wife know, play? My wife uh, does not play golf. Okay. She's, a, she's athletic, and she has made mentions that she's going to start playing, and she's hit balls with me before, and she can hit them. But my wife is also not... Um, the most patient of people. So I would simply say, hey, listen, I think it's going to be extremely slow out there today. <laughs> this could be a four-hour, nine-hour. It's really hot. And and if, 78 degrees. she would, no, she would no, bail in a minute okay. and say, I'll meet you at the antique. Shop. You, you know what? There's bad. a lot of bugs. Well,
1: that's not bad. I was going to say, to me, the one simple answer is two words, murder hornets. Mm, That's it. Yeah, okay. Honey, I heard there was murder hornets on this course, so I don't know. Okay. I'll take my chances because I'm a guy. I'm an idiot. This is what we do. Yeah. So if you want to join me, come ahead. All right, good. All right, on we go to hole number two. What is the gambling format in golf that your buddies will sometimes like to play that instantly strikes terror in your heart because you know you're not good at it?
2: Well, I, I mean, for me, I just usually play straight-up stuff, but it's the unlimited presses that, Ooh. you know, the one-down presses
3: <laughs> yeah, can I get a little bit
2: crazy. It, depending on, like, if you're playing with a partner, yeah. and that person's just a complete gambling lunatic, and all of a sudden it's like you're one down after one, we're pressing. You're two down, we're pressing again. We're pressing <laughs> on the press. And then you're like, I can't keep track of anything that's going on, but we have nine presses going on, and each press is ten bucks and all of a sudden it's like i don't know if i have enough money in my car under the seats or anything else to pay for this that's my terror yeah, yeah
3: you know what i would agree with john you know the, the 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 crazy partner who you know he's in a different place in his life and he there's nothing else that he cares about <laughs> other than playing golf and gambling Yeah. and and he's doing the the you know Every hole's pressed. Greeny, woody, And, and meanwhile, chippy. he's hitting it in the middle of the Potomac. Right, <laughs> right. He stinks. And you're like, we're four down. Just, just has a lot you of know, cash. We'll, yeah. yeah.
1: I know that guy. <laughs> and there's a guy in, in Wisconsin named Camozzi, and he plays something called the sack because he has this old uh, crown royal sack that he keeps his bet chips in. And he'll bet everybody in the men's club, like 30 guys. Every yeah, time. Yeah. I played with him once. He's like, you in with me? And uh, I didn't even know his game or whatever. And <laughs> yeah, I got I got flipped for $20. You know, it was all said and done. And some days when he's playing bad, he gets wiped out. I'm but sure. But if he plays good, he, but every round he has to play everybody. Oh, my God. Yeah, 20-plus guys. Yeah. Uh, Wolf, ever play Wolf? Yeah yeah, yeah,
0: yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Ever play Air Wolf? No, I have not. Air, Wolf is you can choose to go against the other three guys by yourself. Right. On any particular hole, but you have to announce before the hole begins. Mm-hmm. Right. Airwolf is you can call it in midair as your drive is flying. Interesting. You ever play snakes? I have not. Snakes are three putts. So if you have a three putt, you're holding the bag of snakes. Everyone's oh, right. everyone's yes. three putt in the group yep. is a snake, and the last person to three putt is holding the bag of snakes. And snakes cost money, dollar yep. a piece, five a piece. Yep. Yep. So if yep, you have heard a that. group that's had quite a few three putts, it gets really
2: sphincter puckering. Yep. I'll take that the game. The the game of hitting a driver over two hundred in the fairway is a game I can't play.
3: <laughs> I will tell you one quick story. There's a, a buddy of mine, Troy Taggart, local North yeah. Virginia guy, um, over at Hidden Creek. They used to play a game called Goat, and what they did was they split up A, B, C, D, four players, and they tried to split the talent, and each player was the goat, quote unquote, on. A player was the goat on one, B two, got got that way. And your score counted twice on that hole. Mm. And you, at, at Hidden Creek, you know, I think it's six. It's a hard par four. The B player was typically the goat oh, on boy. six. And he'd get up there. And if he made triple each point. ooh every stroke was a point like they would add up all the strokes and the points were five dollars a point oh boy so you'd be like hey buddy you just cost us you know 125 dollars on that (laughs) yeah (laughs) because you're the goat (laughs) but
1: it was a fun game hole number three name three game changers in the realm of golf equipment
2: or accessories oh big game
1: changers Big big bertha is
2: one of them okay um uh, the Pro V1. Okay. And I'm going to have to say, actually, for the generations that are coming up, U.S. kids clubs.
1: Okay. Those are good. I think we're all wearing one game changer right now, and that is the synthetic, golf don't shirts. need to iron it, yeah. high
2: tech fabric golfers. I kind of like the old ones with salt stains, <laughs> you know, the cottons <laughs> with salt
3: stains. I think you talked about it early, though. I think the, the um, range finder is definitely one of them. How about soft spikes? Well, that's turf.
2: You know? Yeah. What? You know what? I don't think... I don't think... What, are you still wearing nails? Show me your shoes. No, but I don't... I'm wearing sneakers. I don't think that those help the greens as much as people say they do. I think they hurt the greens more. What they help are bridges Oh, you're crazy. You're crazy. Stop
1: selling crazy in my van. Okay. You're saying that the old nails are better for greens than soft spikes. Yes. Well... Congratulations, mm-hmm. population one. So what, what Crazyville?
2: The, the, the soft spike has four or five different areas where it touches the green? Yeah. And the spike had one, one point. right. So you tell me which is better.
1: I know which is better. I played in the spike era. Terry, help well, your think, boy out here, I, will I you?
3: think that the, the soft spike's mentality has also created these sneaker-like shoes that have traction soles etc that aren't necessarily spikes no right i mean adidas is coming out with a new spikeless shoe right now that guys that are swinging at 130 miles an hour are are able to maintain traction
1: good point do you need spikes do you want spikes i mean guys like Deshambo, he's spinning out his front foot anyway yeah if he had nails on he'd blow out his knee yes he would
3: yeah i mean so i think that it can go either way i I, I saw spikes were for bridges what
1: Wooden bridges oh, okay <laughs> what about what about trackman that's a game changer,
3: yeah, I believe that both the, directions the analytics involved in in everybody's game, I think, yeah, to John's point, I think it's helped tremendously in terms of understanding the different uh analytics of your golf swing, et cetera. Okay. But I think it also has made too many players reliant on that data. Terry's, how old's Logan now?
2: 12 or 13? 13. Terry's 13-year-old shot 65 the other day in the second round of a tour championship, seven under par. He shouldn't take a look at anything, any number, any video, anything. But does he? No, No. No.
1: Will you let him?
3: He would. I mean, if he was really inquisitive about it, but he's kind of a natural swinger of the club. (laughs) Yeah, obviously. Yeah, don't let him look at the it can go both directions. Okay.
1: Uh, What about uh, Shot Tracer for golf coverage? That's a game changer. Oh, yeah. Love it. Love it. Everybody
3: loves it. Guys that don't even follow golf watch it now and say, wow, that's cool. That's big. It's a video game mentality.
1: Okay, hole number four. There should be an official USGA-sanctioned Speed Golf championship in which your time walking a course or running combined with your score determines the winner. Change my mind. I'm talking actual newly minted USGA event speed golf. Nonsense.
3: Yeah, I'm not a fan of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just drop it, it right up. now.
1: Really? Yeah. Don't you think the the <clears throat> USGA needs the to do something to further promote pace of play did you yes. see how god-awful the pace was at the u.s amateur at Bandit dunes look it was like watching paint
2: dry i, I mean think, it's ridiculous i think you have it right i think a shot clock is required at some point
3: how they're going to put that in would you I be in favor to- of
1: shot clocks yes okay terry
3: i would and wow. you know they've done it on the european tour before right in fact i have a client that was penalized <laughs> Shot clock violation. Yeah, yeah, and they had. But then had, we're gonna have video.
1: We're gonna have video reviews of shot clock violations. on the P- was ball in the air. Have you ever seen guys do? It's not USGA sanctioned, but ever you've seen these speed golf yeah. tournaments? Yeah, where guys are running mm-hmm. and they'll shoot seventy one. Yeah. while running a, an equivalent of a marathon. Yeah, well, it's
3: I just think not there's golf. always a fine median where where you want to play quick golf. You yeah. want to play fast golf, but you don't want to play unfundamental golf. You know, there's no reason to run up and hit a ball like Happy Gilmore because you want to beat the clock. <laughs> right. But you also cannot line up your ball four times, step off a putt from four and a half feet because your coach told you that you have to step off putts. And I'm right. like, don't hit watch. until
1: you're mentally ready.
3: You know, that, that stuff yeah. I think needs to be okay. yeah. quickened.
1: Uh, hole number five. It's a simple one. Is there a greater waste of time than pickleball? I don't I, mind.
3: It. Yeah, I got to tell you, I, yeah, I I'll be honest with you, I, <laughs> I don't haven't.
1: I see, I see the members at Loudon from the Chipping Green playing pickleball, and it's the saddest sight ever. It's just a little fake tennis ball that barely goes anywhere. Yeah, and f- two couples going kidink kink. Oh, and, and I've never seen a pickleball rally of more than three hits. Well,
2: I'll say this. that's the match. Three t- hits. Terry and I know this because Terry's from Long Island. I'm from Massachusetts. This this derivation of this was winter time. They would at the exclusive private clubs. They would have these pickleball court, courts, and the heat. They blow heat up through the the plastic tracks. Right. And It was a miniature tennis winter. court with high fencing, as I yeah. Recall. And you'd be out there in the winter. Yeah. And the heat would be blowing up, and yeah. you would just be drinking until you fell down. <laughs> right. And that was a derivation of this. Yeah, this so a,
1: the, the the definition of a waste of time. This is now like heated some outdoor so, New England fake tennis. Right.
3: Exactly.
2: This is some sort of. Like do
3: you guys they're still? Do you still play it, Terry? I, I'll be honest with you, I haven't played it ever. Okay, all right. <laughs> however, however, some of my clients and, and my partner John Mascatello is a big fan of it and claims that I would love it. I used really? to play a lot of racquetball. I was going to say, do you issues? What about
1: racquetball? Do you play racquetball?
3: I haven't. I tore my Achilles okay. several years back. But How
1: about squash.
3: I do not play yeah. squash, but I played a lot of racquetball. I was an avid racquetball player for years. Is it me, years.
1: or did racquetball have its day 20 years ago, and is it, it feels, now sort of faded? I think it seemed like it was really hot 20 years yeah. ago.
3: Well, let me ask you this. When's the last time you heard the word ectalon? Good, yeah.
1: yeah, right. there. I, mean, I mean, like,
3: <laughs> that brand, I'm not even sure it's even in existence, and, and that was, like, racket the hottest. Rackets. If you had an ectalon racket, you oh, were, like, yeah. the bomb. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Never. All right.
1: Hole number six. What if I bet you? that Tiger Woods' son Charlie would win more PGA Tour events than the children of the top 30 players in the world currently, which side would you choose, Charlie or the field, for PGA Tour events? Not majors, just wins. Charlie Woods won a uh, junior kids, U.S. kids tournament, nine-hole tournament, shot 33 over the weekend. Which side would you take in
2: that bet? The fact that Charlie has three holes in his backyard (laughs)
3: <laughs> i'm taking him nah i'm taking the field are you yeah the, you know these young kids they've been around golf now i mean most of the top 30 players don't even have children right now right but i'm going to assume that the day justin thomas decides to have a family and a number of these other young men right their their kids will take they'll be wanting to be like dad, and because of the athleticism and and whatnot what do you genetics. say about
1: those that say, well, of course Charlie Woods is going to be a great tour player. Look at his dad. He's already winning tournaments now. What do you say to that? Not, It's not oh, how it you works, know, you know nothing at this is age. Michael, I don't know. Yeah. Is
3: Michael Jordan's son? How's he doing in the NBA? Not so good. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't make
1: the NBA. That's right.
3: But
2: this, this is, you have
3: no
1: Walter idea. Walter Payton's kid played age. soccer in college. Right, and I that's mean, what I Charlie it's... is,
2: actually. He's a very good athlete. Like, he plays other sports, and that's why he's winning golf tournaments right now. Okay. He's a better athlete than everyone else. And at that age... The better, best athlete wins.
1: Uh, didn't Jackie Nicholas make the PGA Tour? Did he win an
2: event? Yeah. Jack. Uh, not Jackie. Uh, uh, this, the Gary. next one. Gary. Gary, Gary, Gary yeah.
1: made the tour. He was on tour for completely. a year and yeah. came
2: in second in a playoff. Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, a, yeah. Bell mm-hmm.
2: South. Yep. And then he got his amateur status back.
1: What other tour players have had sons who've done? I mean, Bill Haas, obviously. Yeah. For yeah. Jay Haas. Yeah. Anyone player. else I can think of?
2: Well, uh, not a PGA Tour player, but a PGA professional was, was Thomas. Well, that's the thing, though. What
1: tour players have produced kids? Like, in other sports, we're seeing more and more pro players produce kids who are also in the pros. mm -hmm. Fernando Tatis Jr. being the latest of many in baseball. Yeah, It seems like baseball and basketball produce more than golf has.
3: Uh, well, a I, think, Davis, I think... Davis Love's son is an pr- aspiring professional golfer. Yeah. Okay. John uh, Daly's son is John actually Daly's very good. John a very good young junior but, golfer. But you know Heard what? I right, think
2: yeah. the I think that these baseball players get to hang out in those clubhouses their whole lives growing up, shining shoes or whatever, like LaRoche's kid used Taking to do. Taking BP, yeah. I think these, these guys on tour back then, they were away from their families. They didn't hardly even know their kids. And so to, to do that in a golf sense and be with them and teach them and that kind of thing... I, don't, I just don't think it happened. I think now with the money, they can be home a little bit more weeks and they can hang with their parents a little bit more. And I think you'll
3: get more of that. Well, I think that brings up a, a, an excellent point about the PGA Tour and the infrastructure they've created. I mean, it really is a traveling circus, but it's a phenomenal traveling circus. Jay Monaghan and, and his team have done an unbelievable job of creating a family atmosphere. So it's much easier to travel with your family. They set up, you know, a lot of these guys travel in RVs, and, right. you know, you go to any specific event, you've got Jason Day, Charles Schwartzel, Louis Usthays, and J.B. Holmes, and their families, and they have their little fences with the kids running around and the, mm. you know, small That's little awesome. mobiles, and, and it's truly like a picnic playground. Yeah. And, and you know, over time, you see these young kids growing older, and they're saying, hey, I love that life that I had. I had friends out on the tour. And you know the the tour's done a great job of creating the uh, even from the daycare when they're born to mm-hmm. activities until they're eighteen.
1: I want to be adopted by. <laughs> I want to be adopted by Louis Oosthuizen. Just I, who wouldn't want to spend summers, us Just going around the PGA Tour, hanging out with other kids.
2: Yeah, it'd be, I'd be nice. A, I'd but be a the honest answer kid. is to be a great golfer, you have to be either a country club or a public horse rat. So to travel around the country. Is not conducive. Really? To, to okay. The, yeah.
1: All right. We'll see. Hole yeah. number seven, Sedgefield Country Club, side of the Wyndham Championship, is the worst looking, most boring layout on the PGA Tour. I will accept no arguments on that. But what is the second most boring course or venue on the PGA Tour? You,
2: you, you answer this, Terry, because I, I don't really know what. Mm. I mean, I no the, offense. Yeah. I, they
1: do a great job. Obviously, it's a good I actually, host site. But I, whenever I watch that tournament, like. I can't remember a single hole at this
2: place. That course in Texas that they would usually play before the Masters. It was just oh, this yeah. flat piece of Houston? dust. Yeah, Houston. Yeah. Yeah. The well, yeah. not dust, but it was well
1: manicured. I mean, but the it was greens were real fast and stuff, flat, but it was just and boring. flat and nothing. Yeah. yeah. Well, welcome to Texas. Yeah. Yeah, at least I think that you part know, I'll Texas. tell you
2: what, this year, what I thought was the most boring track I've ever seen was Seminole. Yeah, Seminole was overrated.
1: Oh, I'd, I'd expected a lot more. It was I'll still, all, awful. I'll accept an invite, by the way. But well, yeah, <laughs> otherwise, yeah. Total. But it's a
3: different, you know. Different you have vibe. to be there. Seminole is. It's not about the aesthetics. It's about the playability, Mystique. the mounds and the yeah. humps and the bumps, and it's it's just a neat place to play. But oh, for, to your point, rated. <laughs> to your point, it is. Uh, it, 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 aesthetically, it's not Augusta National. You yeah.
1: know. Right. Any other course that just doesn't really do it for you on tour. I mean, they play where they can get the sponsors. They play where the pros will show up, and they play where they can get good rent.
2: It's not always— Again, once you go down south, really across the country, whether you're in Texas or Florida,
3: the courses are boring. All right. I'm spoiled, though, because when I show up at those events, every tournament looks so darn good. And the yeah, you know, yeah, they've do. done such a great job of setting it up that I'm like, oh, I'd love to be playing yeah. know, this week. Right, because it's,
1: it's the biggest week in town. Yeah. The, yeah, the they, circus is in town. Yeah. Hole number eight, name one thing you use on the golf course or is in your golf bag that you know you'll take grief for having or using, but you don't care what anyone says. I kind Time of have two clean. things.
2: One, because I'll uh, top four or five drives around, Terry. I have slight disease there, as you know. <laughs> um, I have tees that are about nine inches tall. So they, they're, they're like, they like the top of them are, skies, are sticking out of my pocket.
3: Skyscraper tees. Yeah, they're teas, like huh? rulers. And then, I thought he had straws in his pocket yeah right? and <laughs> then
2: and then the um the five hybrid where the guys at woodmont would tell me am i playing in the nine holders this week oh the five wow. hybrid was one of those things so um okay. those are the two
3: okay well and i i know i speak for our dear friend steve Buck-mance, but <coughs> oh, i kid. was at steve's house a year ago for a barbecue, and I made the mistake of going in his garage and looking in his golf bag. Did and you I was, find
1: the alien wedge, the I was, two-sided uh,
2: chipper, the, ginty. There the was stand-up 27 putter? There
3: hybrids in his bag. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Well, he's gone because he used to have the wooden ginty. I, I, I actually shielded my sons from looking in his golf bag. I said, guys, don't ever look at that. That yeah. looks like a collectibles bag yeah. from Hilton Head in 1973. <laughs> well, I have six head covers. You know, my I, you know what I? You know what mine come is? clean.
1: What's your one thing? You're. You, I gotta you,
3: tell you, and it's a two dollar and ninety nine cents device, but it's that steel brush that I <laughs> love, <laughs> that little clip on that I he love. He clips clean it to right my, next
2: to the beads <laughs> so oh, he can count his score. Oh, yeah, oh, I like yeah, a nice. clean wedge.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing I use that my guys give me grief for. It is the magnet ball marker on the visor. Yeah, they say that's such an LPGA thing, and yeah. I say, well, I'm securing my manhood, so that's I like good. my ball marker good right here. On yeah, my visor. Mm-hmm.
2: No tour players use that, do they? No, 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 because on the LPGA Tour, they do. Yeah. They do use Why wouldn't often. a single
1: tour player go, no, this is convenient. It's they're, right here. They're only
2: uh, on the LPGA Tour. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. just so ridiculous. But you keep using it. Finally, hole number nine. Here we go. How cold is too cold to play golf, and how hot is too hot?
2: Wow. There's no too hot for me. Yeah. Um, I love it hot. Uh, I love the glove to be sweating and turning blue around the logo. Uh, too cold for me with my back now, I would say too cold for me is, depending on where I am,
3: 48 degrees. Yeah, I'll probably go 45 with no wind. Really? Yeah.
1: 45 and, with.
3: And the hot, I love it hot.
1: Well, the wind least can least. come up, the wind can go down. You're having to commit. I've
3: played in 45 degree weather with no wind, and I feel like it's yeah fine. 45 right. with a quick Other than breeze. I write 50. Yeah, then it's then it gets a little dicey.
1: Yeah, it is subjective. For me, 100 is too hot, and too cold is 39. Ooh, that's low. If it's 30 something. Have at
2: 30 yeah, something is ridiculous. It.
1: People play, some people play, some people take pride. And I played every year. Now, one guy, my, go- my guy Roger Durflinger, is like, I played every every day this winter. The winner was a soft winner around here. And I'm like, Congratulations! Yeah, good job. You're good. crazy. Good. good, yeah, yeah. All right, <laughs> cool. all right, boys, good job. Good nine right there. Coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about the PGA championship, which I know is in the rear view. Uh, the U.S. amateur at Bandon Dunes, the Mystique Abandoned Dunes, plus junior golf. And anything else that we've yet to get to this week, it's the Capital Golf Gang. Stay with us.
0: You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who will knock your lights out. If you dare to ask for a gluten-free hot dog at the turn.
1: All right, we're back here. Final segment this week on the Capital Golf Gang. Terry Riley joining us in the Mobile Strike Studio from Wasserman Sports Management talking golf agents. A bunch of different stuff in the game of golf. It's been a wonderful conversation so far. Let's finish up by talking about the U.S. Amateur at Bandon Dunes. Bandon Dunes was created in 1996 in the middle of Nowheresville, Oregon, on the coast on spectacular property by Mike Kaiser. And it was one of these things like, it seems crazy, but if we build it, people will come. And golfers have been coming now for a number of years. In fact, I'm at the point where, and I've never been, that if I have to hear one more golf person say, have you been to Bandon? Oh my God, it's so God, it's so awesome. You got to go, you got to go, you got to go. I'm just going to slap him in the face. But I understand the allure of it because watching it on the U.S. Amateur, I was like, uh-huh. It's
3: pretty spectacular looking. It does look pretty cool. You've yeah, not been. Awesome. I'm not. What
1: about you, Mr. Riley? Have you have been to Bandon Dunes? I have not been.
3: Are um, you interested? Very much so. In fact- one of uh, my clients, Wyndham Clark, who graduated from University of Oregon, um, he, he has a dear friend who's a friend of ours, Jeff Gaskill, and they've gone many, many times, and they've been raving about it for years. Yeah. So it's on my bucket list. and. To be honest, it was just on my list. And yeah. then I saw the USM last week and I said, you know, I really got to get out there. The only thing is that, that it does lie the coldness. You know, like it, it's a little oh. Scotlandish to
2: me. Oh, and yeah. I'm not sure very if I'm much so. Travel Harsh. across the country and then just Harsh. get pelted with rain.
1: Weather. And wind.
2: Yeah, and cold. Right. And- like, I'm not sure if I want to do that. Like, you've played Whistling Straits. That's on my bucket list as well. That's kind of safe.
1: Oh, very safe. Yeah. In terms of weather. It's and, gentle. Uh, the and, weather is way gentle in the summer. In the shoulder seasons, May and October, yeah, you'll get rocked.
2: And then that joint down in Tampa, um, stream, song. stream songs, stream songs, seems safe, it's, right? That I can go there and maybe not yeah. get destroyed. Yeah. I go to Scotland. You
3: don't. I know don't what know you're what you're getting. I go
2: right. to Ben, and I think it's the same thing. Yeah, I well, think it,
3: there's pockets of the calendar where you can be assured of a, of a decent okay. chance of assured. Of yeah, not decent. assured. It's so funny.
1: Assured, assured and decent are the two I, biggest wiggle words the I've ever assured heard.
2: Or decent. I'm um, just at that, that championship round. They're playing. Looks gorgeous. Fog. Not even a ton yeah, of wind. The fog. All of a sudden, in. can't see anything.
3: Yeah. Right. Right. It's fascinating.
1: I, I think I underappreciated the dynamics of the big barrancas and the fall offs and the presence of the ocean because yeah. my stock answer was having been to Scotland twice. I'd rather just go that way over to Scotland and play history similar to Bandon Dunes, instead of going out and then five-hour bus ride from Seattle or whatever, the, however you have to get there, planes, trains, and automobiles, with nothing to do once you're there. You just mm-hmm. hunker down, you're playing golf, and it's not cheap. No, no, no. But as I thought about it and as I watched the U.S. Amateur and I looked at the holes, I'm like, there's a lot of Scottish championship courses that have a lot of, meh, sort of holes. you know?
2: Yeah, like St. Andrews.
1: <laughs> like St. Andrews is yeah. one. Troon, I love Troon. It's got six incredible holes, and it's got 12 that will put you to sleep. Yeah. Okay? And the same thing in a lot of other places. So I think the spectacularness of Bandon is truly something that I underrated.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, more, it's more exotic in, in many, many ways than Pebble Beach. And Pebble Beach is always True. in the top of the list of either one, two, or three in the, in the country every single year.
3: Have you guys been to Ireland? Yes. No. Have but you played Old Head?
1: No, but I
2: saw it.
3: Old Head is similar in vain to Bandon in terms of the, the cliffside holes right. and, and just spectacular vistas. Yeah. And, again, I think there's 50% of the allure is the, to stand up on a tee box and look 170 feet down into the ocean is Sure. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And just to feel that vibe. So, yeah. anyhow, that's on Bandon. As far as the U.S. Amateur goes, I mean, my God, these kids playing today, Terry— they're just yeah. so. Yeah, they're really good. Our, our member here, Michael so Brennan,
2: good. Um, he finished eleventh, t eleventh in the stroke play, so he qualified for match play, and um, unfortunately lost in the first round. But uh, um, we, as he was doing that, and we're following him in the stroke play. We're looking at some of these guys playing. There's a guy who made ten birdies. Yeah, ten birdies.
3: But you know, <laughs> Michael, I, you know his his dad and I are, are good friends and. We spoke the night of the—I actually talked to Michael the night after he lost that match, and if you had gone through the scorecard analysis, he would have won 20 of the 32 first-round matches with his play. Yeah. He played well. Yeah. He just unfortunately ran into a guy that had a, a little hot streak right out of the—, ba- uh, the Three gate. birdies right to, to yeah. start. Yeah. 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 And they were all concessions.
1: I was watching some featurette on Tigers three in a row at the U.S. Amateur mm. and the guys that he beat along the way. And one of the guys was Buddy Marucci. Yeah. Yeah. Who was 44 years old at the time or something
2: like that? Mm-hmm. He was up there.
1: We're not going to see that again, are we? Those days are gone, right? I of think the those days are gone. 40 something insurance salesman who's really good at golf, who maybe once played in college, who's in the finals of the U.S. Amateur. This is a kids' event now. This is a college event, right?
3: Yeah, it is, but I'm not sure you'll. you'll I don't think that'll necessarily be. 100% gone. There's you think a there'll of be an older ams. guy that sneaks there's, in? There's a few mid-ams there. That, Tom
1: McKnight, I'm looking here, uh, yeah. played Hank Keeney in the final in 1998. Yeah, I he know was Tom an, well. You know Tom well, yeah. right? He's a Virginia guy, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, good guy. Yeah.
3: Played on the senior I mean, tour for several years, had a nice run there for a few years. When they were mentioning some of the Tiger,
2: don't forget there were, there were three, three U.S. two U.S. Amateurs, right? Three U.S. Juniors before that three consecutive U.S. Right. juniors, and then two U.S. amateurs.
1: Yeah, not three U.S. amateurs, but two.
2: I think. so. Well, we can
1: look it up right here. As no, I've three. The there it is. Page.
2: Three U.S. amateurs. Oh, yeah. Two U.S. juniors, three U.S. amateurs. Five a six straight. Feet.
1: No, no, it was a six-peed, I believe. Oh, yeah. three and three? I think it was a three and three, yeah. It's I mean, he's had
2: to have incredible. won more USGA events than maybe anyone.
1: Yeah. So so why is the, uh, I mean, the state-of-the-art of golf with the younger players? How come they're better now?
3: I think there's better training aids. There's better coaching. There's more athleticism. Technology. These kids, they're starting younger. The game has become – you know, Tiger, let's – there's no mistake. Tiger created an interest in the game for this generation of kids that are 20 years old now. Fifteen years ago when Tiger was in his heyday – they were going, hey, golf's kind of cool. You know, I'm yeah, watching right. Michael Jordan at the President's Cup and the Ryder Cup and on the on the captain's uh, wagon, mm-hmm. et cetera. This is a cool sport. <laughs> I'm going to go hit some balls. And, and they've become— Then the athletes
2: get into it. Yeah,
3: and, and now you're seeing the, the the payback.
2: I will say that when you and I were growing up, and I know you played a lot more basketball than golf when you were younger, but there were like three tournaments a year that you would kind of play in— they had any national thing at whatsoever. It was a U.S. junior. The Insurance Youth Classic, mm-hmm. which was another one that you qualified for. They'd play out in Michigan or something like that. And then your local amateur, your local state amateur. Um, but the ability to play in all these tournaments now, AJGA, M-A-B- M- here, MAPGA, Hurricane There's Tour. There's
1: more organized high-level tournaments. So they're playing tournament, tournament, tournament,
2: tournament. They're getting to learn how to play in tournaments
3: right. and how
2: to win and lose. And so that, I think, is also training them for that generation of tournament players.
3: And the case in point with that is we have a young player, Will Gordon, who graduated from Vanderbilt last mm-hmm. year. First Team All-American, SEC Player of the Year, phenomenal talent. Started this season out with zero status. had Did not have Corn Ferry status, no PGA Tour status. Was able to get some exemptions through Wasserman and had a number of good, solid finishes. 13th, 17th, 18th. Garnered enough FedEx points. His last uh, exemption was the Travelers Championship this year. Finished third. Yeah. Damn. Now he's on the PGA Tour in 2021. Wow. Wow. So he goes from nothing to he bypassed all the kids that were on the Corn Ferry this year that got stuck on the Corn Ferry because of COVID. He jumped. He's now on the PGA Tour this coming season, which is tremendous for him. He's a world-class kid and obviously a phenomenal golfer. But the point is... 25 years ago, that kid that got kid nervous on the tee because this is my one chance. And nowadays, these kids are so trained and so mature in their approach that they walk out there and it's just another golf day for them. Wasserman has Wolf, right? Matthew yes. Wolf. I love that kid. Yeah, he's tremendous. You'd love him even more if you met him. Well, someday we'll get him in the van. Yeah. yeah, yeah with your means. help. But yeah, yeah. I,
1: I love everything about him, I love the unconventionality of his swing. I don't know you as a teacher there, pro. Well, you what know you what? I'm not, I'm
2: not, I love it. And I love, uh, Genkis. Um, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't, you know, he's a little That's, bit strange for George, me.
1: George Genkis is the teacher for Matthew Wolf. Yeah. Right? And
2: I don't, I don't particularly subscribe to a lot of the things that he talks about in, in training, but Genkis is, is great for the game and he's great for these players. And so I, I love what he talks about as well. And again, I don't, I don't, I don't agree or disagree with a lot of the stuff he talks about. But,
1: oops, sorry, I've got the uh, audio is, playing. Here's here's Wolf's swing.
2: So, yeah, so so Wolf has a lot of the Ginkas traits here in that the club will stay outside the hands for a long period of time. It'll get to the top and cross the line, and then it shallows out tremendously right here. And then the hips and the rotation of the body get the power and the squareness of the of the force.
1: But what's amazing is that the club is not even close to parallel to the ground at the top. It's like at no. 1 o'clock. No, yeah. because
2: there's not a whole lot of wrist hinge at the top, because, and that's why it's across the line so tremendously. But there, there's a tremendous amount of lag, lag that's yeah. happening right there. So it's a, what we call a down cock and the downswing, and then the drive. Look at that, look at, look at that mm.
1: shaft covering that thing. Yep. We're nerding out on golf right yep. here. You're going to have then, to watch the YouTube uh, replay of this, of this uh,
2: show <laughs> to yep. see it. And then it's all about rotation through the shot. And you talk about feet not staying on the ground. He's all over the place.
1: Yeah, well that's the new so, way of doing
2: sustainability things. Sustainability is what we have to look so, for for these young kids.
1: So so the guys like Wolf, Morikawa, Hovland and others.
3: And Victor's one of our clients as well by the way. Yeah. They're they're Jeez. winning.
1: They're winning big early like what? Was I not supposed to win? That used to not be a thing, right? Terry, it used to be the average winner of a major was around 30. Right. Yeah. Now they're they're like, and you kids. said it right there, now said, they're like, I wasn't
2: supposed to win. We're like, yeah. yeah, now they're
1: like, w- what, I'm playing, why shouldn't I win? Yeah. Almost Which like was, they felt
2: bad. Right. You know, of knocking the people who are really making the money for them, the Nicholases and the Palmers, they're making money for the sport. I don't think I'm
3: supposed to beat them. Right. Do, do well, they're... I say it to the, the young kids. I say it to my own son the other day. You know, he plays with some of John's pupils now who are five, years, six years older than him. And I said, Logan, the hole doesn't know how old you are. If you oh. hit it 265 yards down the middle of the fairway and you have 165 to a back right pin and you hit 7 iron, nobody in the world knows no. how old you are or how small you are or whatever. If that ball <laughs> goes in the sh- in the hole in three shots, yeah. that's a birdie. <laughs> yeah.
1: God, I need a little I need a little gong of wisdom so I can just bong like yeah. when you said that the hole doesn't know how old you are. Gong. Yeah, it's good. That's true golf wisdom it's for good. you right there. The All ding right. Ding. Junior golf, let's spend the last five minutes here on junior golf. You're involved in it. You see parents out there, good parents, not-so-good parents, everything in between. What are your thoughts, Terry?
2: Well, you know, I, I want to say this one thing. Well, no, I don't have any thoughts. I live it. but <laughs> do thoughts. I live it. I think it. Terry has an interesting perspective because he deals as an agent with tour players and understands what it's like to kind of maintain that and what, what pressures they have and all the other stuff. And then he sees it because his son's an outstanding player. And Terry's a very competitive individual by nature. We know that, right, Terry? He's laughing his head off over here. Very competitive. Like, he'll just rip your head off at any time. And so for him to be able to make that balance of, you know, I'm a parent here. I want the best for my kid, but I also actually know what the best in the world have to endure and that they're not ready for this. I'd just like to know your perspective on on what you see out of most parents out there.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think unfortunately, it's it's. I use this microwave versus marinate mentality. You know, I think our whole world in sports, the youth sports, everybody wants to microwave. They want to pop it in for a minute and thirty seconds and come out as a PGA tour player, an NBA player, an NFL player. And my mentality has always been, let's marinate it. It tastes better when it's marinated. The, the the you know you get the hard ends when it's microwaved and it's half cooked and not. Yeah, the, I said. When you marinate it and it comes out the right way, you enjoy the journey better. The food tastes better longer. It's well prepared. Who cooks Cro- it on the grill for you, by the way, Terry? <laughs> John Ronas. We have a running way.
2: joke of anytime I go to his house, I'm on the grill.
1: <laughs> you take over his grill. I take the grill over completely. just I sit down, wow. in, the says, I sit down in the pool house you and crack open
2: Corona's. Sh- I go, Johnny, are the burgers ready? <laughs> sweating bullets.
3: <laughs> he, by the way, he's an unbelievable grill <laughs> and, master. And he
2: marinates very nicely. So. <laughs> I love that analogy. I haven't heard that, that as, as often. As well. And that's fantastic. And that it is the journey and the parents um, you know i say it all the time zabe it's it's a um, you know ability minus distractions and the parents unfortunately um, they are distractions way more often way more often than they are benefits to these children uh, it's the a shame to watch. want
1: it so much they want it not for sure sometimes the wrong reasons, you know? Well, but I, think, sure the, I think
3: the media has created this world of, you know, sensationalism and entertainment and superstardom and everything else. And people don't understand that sometimes it's a very lonely world out there. If you're the mm-hmm. best in the world, you you have to have a sense of insulation because the world wants you every day. Oh, yeah. You know, Ricky Fowler is one of the all-time great human beings. That's what I've heard. And... He, the poor kid is never alone in terms of just wanting to be a regular guy, you know? John Daly, back in the day, I mean, you couldn't have had a bigger celebrity in the world. I traveled all over the world with him. It was a rock star mentality. Yes. Every airport we went through, and if he turned down one person and signed 300... He's a jerk. He was a bad guy. Yeah. And that's just not fair. Nowadays, I think a lot of these parents... They look at the kids and they say, this is the way it's supposed to be because I watched a YouTube video. Okay. And I have, and believe me, John knows, I'm the most competitive maniac in the world. <laughs> but when it comes to my kids, I say, guys, I'm going to love you no matter what. I want you to win. I want you to be prepared. Do it the right way. But we're not going to race to the finish line before the race is over. Yeah. You know, go 10 meters at a time. And by the time you're done with the race, I guarantee you will we'll be in a good pl- yeah, okay. place.
2: I love it. That's
1: a uh, good
3: it's Fox. good.
2: That's why I wanted to hear it from him.
3: Terry,
1: I thank you for your time. I hope it's not my the last pleasure. time. And uh, when we get an event that comes through town again someday, somehow, yes. try to get one of your clients in the Yeah, way. that'd be great. That'd be I'd fun. I'd love to. All they, right, good. they would enjoy it. Ronas, anything you want to promote other than come out, get some lessons at the Ronus Academy here now, at River Creek?
2: I have some good stuff coming up that you just check out my Facebook page, um, John Ronas. And, um, and we got some good stuff coming up for the kids, getting back
3: to some normalcy here. Very good. I'll and, throw a plug in for him. Yeah. John's the best in the business at this at this youth level. Yeah, so if you have a, an aspiring young golfer, he's the guy to come to. Checks All right. in the mail. Very
1: good. We'll hopefully have a gang back <laughs> together next week here uh, as we're getting towards the end of summer. But we're going to go hard deep into the fall because we've missed so much in the spring. Yes. We're going to make the most of it in 2020. Thank you so much for listening. Until next week, this has been the Capital Golf Gang right here on the Team 980.
0: This has been the Capital Golf Gang on the Team 980. If you'd like the gang to visit your home course, send your inquiries to zabe at yahoo.com. That's C-Z-A-B-E at yahoo.com. Or visit the show page at www.theteam980.com. And for free swag, we're all an extra large. So yeah, thanks for the shirts.